0: Luke chapter 2, and this is the account that we just heard. This is this is Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, and it says this, that Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and then Mary and Joseph, it says they went from Nazareth to Galilee, even though she was very, very pregnant, Verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no, get this, guest room available for them. I want you to know something, and I'm going to shatter some of your dreams. Uh, There was probably no inn in Bethlehem. There's probably no innkeeper In the Christmas story, I know some of you are like, that was my favorite guy. (laughs) Most likely, Bethlehem was too small to have an inn. And so basically, when they said there was no place to stay, all kinds of families showed up to Bethlehem, right? All the relatives came home. You know when you've got your 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 relatives over for Christmas and everybody's sleeping everywhere, you know, some people are sleeping in the living room, if all your relatives show up at some I mean, have you ever had those family parties where where everybody shows up and you're like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> and let's just pretend there were no hotels or different places that they they could get a nice place to stay for them. They got to stay at your house. And so there were places that were packed out. So everybody's packed out. There's no, there's no guest house available. Uh, all the guest houses are taken. And so most likely Mary and Joseph, there was, they were, they were in the upper rooms of houses, and in, in the lower rooms of the houses in the rural areas there, where kind of Bethlehem was outside the city of Jerusalem, It's a rural, rural town. Uh, they would have. That's where they would keep all the animals. That's how we'd bring the animals that needed to come in for the night. And so most likely they were, they were downstairs because there was no room in the upper room. There was no room in the, in the guest quarters because other people were already staying there. And so that's where, that's where they were. They were downstairs in kind of the, you know, the open area under the house. Okay. So kind of get that picture. I don't know if that's blowing your mind or like ruining your, you know, nativity scenes and decorations, you're gonna to have to go home and like go uh, throw all this in the trash and uh so <laughs> some of the men are like, Sure, that's fine, okay. Um well, you're not getting any Christmas presents, are you? Um, so, <laughs> so that that's what that was. That was probably the reality. That's probably the historical reality of what was happening when Jesus was born. It was just there's just too many people there, too many family members at home, and they were the odd ones out, you know. And they just kind of had to find some place. And finally, someone said, "Hey, you can stay downstairs. I'll let I'll let you stay downstairs. There's the animals there. There's 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 some hay. You can warm up with the hay, and you can stay there." And this man, this so it's still so amazing. We were talking about this on Wednesday that uh how amazing it is that this is how God showed up on earth. It should blow our minds every year when we kind of highlight this, that God shows up and then they wrap him up and they put him in hey. I mean, I'm not I'm a city boy. Everybody clear on that? We all we all know that, right? That I I see farms on, you know, in pictures and stuff. Uh I'm not a country, I'm definitely city. Look how I'm dressed. I'm the only one dressed like this, hardly in this church. Okay, I'm a city slicker. Okay, look, I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near hay. Okay, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to be near it. I don't want it in the vicinity of my personhood. uh, if I never saw it again, I don't, I don't want to go on a hayride. Okay, you go, look, go on a hayride. Have a great time. You go on the hayride. I'll, you know, I want to go inside to the store and I'll shop or something. I don't know. So, that's how God showed up where he was just in the hay. That's that's incredible. That is incredible. When it says in Philippians that Jesus humbled himself. That's humility. Taking everything he had and said, I'm going to I'm going to come and I will do whatever it takes. To rescue my creation, my, the, the people that I love. My creation. So it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Fear not, or don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town. Of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, or the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God. As we saw earlier, they sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning the child, what had been told them about this child. So what are they spreading? They're being a witness. They're being a witness of what they heard and saw. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. But Mary treasured up all these things and like pondered them in her heart. It says she just she just meditated on them. And uh, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which is just as they had been told. You know, there was a the glory of God showed up on a mountain in the Old Testament. And only one person got to go up there. It was Moses. It's in the book of Exodus. You can find it in chapters uh, thirty-two, thirty-three, and following is where Moses goes up on the mountain and it says that literally the, the glory of God was on the mountain. It said the mountain was shaking. And so what happens when the angels appear? It says it's it's the doxa. It's it's the it's the, the glory of God, it says in that moment. So it wasn't it wasn't just the presence of the angels. Do you understand that? It says the glory of God. Of the Lord shown around them. There was there was a Shekinah glory, if you want to use the old school old Hebrew word, the Shekinah glory. In other words, the visible, manifested presence of God was on the hillside. And he showed up to the shepherds. This time it's not just one special person. I mean, this, this should tell us right now everything's going to change from this point on. Everything's different. When the glory of God shows up, everything changes. It says this was the glory of God on the hillside, and there were the shepherds encountering the glory of God and seeing the angels and having the declaration, this is the Christ, the Messiah, and he's the Lord. Did you notice that in the Scripture there? It says he is the Messiah, Christ, the Lord. They were having a a declaration of his humanity and his divinity, his humanness and his godness in that moment to say, hey, this is who this is, and this will be the sign to you. This will be the sign to you. You'll find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, go find him. (laughs) Now, we think, how can?" How, do you, how did they find him? Did they go knock on all the doors? Well, if you go back to the previous part, you understand. They just had to go look in the downstairs houses that were open under all the all the houses in Bethlehem. So it wasn't as hard as you think. They still had to search. They still had to look. But they knew if this baby is lying in a manger, he's downstairs. He's downstairs, so we don't have to go up to the front door. We can just go down to the downstairs and peek in and say, is there a baby in here? (laughs) Nope, just the donkeys and the sheep in this one, okay? So we're we're going to keep keep looking next house next house because there's only going to be humans in one place and there's only going to be one baby and this is going to be a miraculous sign. It's the same word that's used when it says that Jesus did the signs and the wonders and the miracles. This was going to be a miracle that they would see and a sign to say this is the Messiah. Now the interesting thing I've never known this before it's it's amazing you can study things and you you learn new stuff and this is not a new new information this is from a commentary from the 1940s okay that's a long time ago pretty soon that's going to be 100 years ago okay that's weird um so we're getting close um but shepherds were notoriously um believed To be unreliable witnesses. In fact, in the court and the trial system of that day, they would not allow shepherds to testify. Can you believe that? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an amazing thought? That those are the ones that God shows up and says, hey, I've got the message for you. You're going to show up and you're going to be the witness. You're going to be the witness. I mean, these guys, I mean, if it didn't blow your mind that they were just regular old shepherds, if they that they smelled, that they took care of sheep, that they were doing kind of a lowly job. You know, this wasn't the number one job. It wasn't like, hey, I hope one day I hope I can grow up and be one of the shepherds, you know, to take care of the sheep out in the fields. Wow, you know bucket list, you know, goals, you know, if I could just be a shepherd someday. It's the same thing with hay for me. I've heard about sheep and I know they're disgusting. Okay. I can verify that with my own family member that they are some of the most disgusting animals you will ever see or be around. Okay. And that's where, that's where Jesus shows up. I mean, that's where the angels show up to declare the message of, you know, the birth of Jesus. But God takes the ones who can't even witness in court and says, you're going to be the witnesses of the birth of Jesus. You're going to be the first ones and you're going to spread the word. Isn't that just like God to say, I'm going to take the person that everybody says, man, they're the most unreliable person. They're the most, I can't trust them. Uh, you can never believe what they say. And God's going to show up and say, I picked you. I picked you and I'm going to use you and you're going to be a witness. You're going to spread the message of the Messiah all around, you're going to be the first one. My first witness is you. Wow. That's amazing. And I believe this is a word for at least one person here, maybe several. If you have ever discounted your life because of your past, the shepherds destroys that for you and says, you know what? Guess what? No, you can be a witness of Jesus. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter if if the world's opinion is, hey, you're unreliable, you've been this, you've been that, you've done this, you've done that. It doesn't matter. The message of Jesus, the message of the good news is, guess what? You can be the witness. You can be the one that declares who I am to somebody else. You can tell of what you've seen and heard. Because once you've experienced God, once you've experienced His goodness, once you've come into the family of God and, and been saved and experienced His salvation, guess what? You get to share it. You get to be the one that tells. That's all a witness is. A witness just says, what did you see and what did you hear? What have you seen in your life that God has done and what has he spoken into your life? Tell somebody else about it. Somebody here is saying, I'm disqualified as a witness. And right now I'm saying the shepherds say, no, you're not disqualified. If God can take the people who were not reliable in that day and say, "I'm going to go to them first and they're going to be the first ones to spe- spread the news," then he, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. God can take you and say, "I'm going to I'm going to spread my message with your life, with your mouth. I'm making all things new." Most likely these uh these shepherds were taking care of sheep that were going to be used in the, the sacrificial system of the day they were they were caring for them and there are many who there there is a lot of evidence for the fact that the actual the passover lambs were taken care of in a very special way and you you have to get this and i know i've probably shared this before several years ago i don't remember how long ago it was but it's it's so good and so appropriate i think Because when the shepherds, they were probably caring for the sheep and they knew these sheep, they were going to be used to sacrifice for the sins of the people. Now, the Passover lambs were they had to be the ones that were totally the the perfect ones. Right. In in the Old Testament, they say this this Passover, the lamb that's going to be sacrificed has to be one year old, a lamb without blemish or defect. In other words, they can't be bruised. They can't have any weird mark on them they can't They can't have been injured in any way and have a have some kind of scar on them. They have to be totally perfect and what they would do is they would they most likely would have some kind of main tower area and in the downstairs area, they would take the Passover lambs and they would wrap them in cloth to protect them from being marked or bruised or messed up in any way, they would wrap them up in cloths, and you know what they would do? They'd put them in the mangers. The Passover, yeah, some of you are getting it. (laughs) So even more of a sign, the shepherds show up and they say, you know what, this baby is downstairs, (laughs) wrapped up in cloth, lying in the, the manger. You know, they had, you know, stone things on the side. Probably It probably didn't look like that. Sorry to ruin your, you know, your nativity scene again. It was probably stone, maybe even built in the side of the the the, the walls and stuff. They were just hanging there. You know, animals, you don't want to move that thing around. Just fill it up. The animals eat out of it. And so they would take the lambs. They would put straw in there to, to pad the, the rock, and they would place the lambs, the Passover lambs into that manger in the straw wrapped in cloth. And now when the lamb of God shows up, the one that's going to be the last sacrifice. God comes to the shepherds and says, guess what? This is going to be signed to you. I think some of them figured it out. I think some of them figured it out. They're like, wait a second here. Wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, Messiah, he's gonna bring salvation to us. Peace on earth, goodwill, the favor of God being released to all men. What is this child gonna be? And they were so amazed. This is what they told everybody everywhere. They they were changed forever. I assume they went back to their flocks. I assume they went back they had to go they still had to go back and do their job. <laughs> Because Jesus hadn't died yet. The, they weren't shutting down. The, 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 the real Passover lamb of God had not been sacrificed yet. He was just being born. But they had hope in their life. They had something change in their life. And they had, they had a breakthrough where they had a revelation of who Jesus is. And so I don't know if you're looking for a sign. I don't know if you're looking for a sign. But God made a big, huge sign. On the earth, when Jesus came and said, Hey, here's who he is, and this is what he's going to do. Even in Jesus' birth was the picture of Jesus' death because he was born to die. Nobody else in all of history has been born to die. You were created to live. All of us have been created. God gave us life. It says he gave us the breath of life. When he created human beings, it says he breathed on them and says, you know, let, the, let the, my spirit come into them. The breath of life would come into you. And we were created to live. We were, in fact, as human beings, created not to die. But because when sin entered the world, it says that death came with sin. And sickness and heartache and brokenness and betrayal and confusion and grief and loss. All, all, everything negative in life that can, that can bring us down. And hatred and anger and dissension and disunity and uh, all kinds of other destructive patterns of life. But there was one that would later be born and that's Jesus. And it says he was born and he was born in order that he might die. So he, it wasn't just about his life, although he did live a life, and he did have to do things while he was alive. He was called to do them. He lived a life of, of amazing miracles when he entered his ministry for three years at the age of 30. Uh, and then he died a horrible death on the cross. And even when Jesus died, there were still people declaring. It says the soldiers were there. It says, surely, surely, surely this is the Son of God. Surely this is not not normal. There is all kinds of stuff going on that that tell me that something from God is going on in this moment. This is the Son of God. And Jesus gives that invitation to all of us. And I don't know if there's anybody here today who's never made a decision, who's never given your life to Jesus. And I want to tell you, you can do that right now. You can do that right now in this moment. And I think the best way to do it is to respond like... uh, all of those responded in the Christmas story, and that's to worship God. That's just worshiping. Because really, giving your life to Jesus is about just saying that Jesus is your Lord. And worship team, come on, go ahead and come on up. But I want us to take some time. If God has revealed something freshly to you, maybe maybe he's just stirred your heart freshly to recognize who Jesus is. Whenever you have a greater revelation of who God is, man, that just stirs you to worship. That just makes you want to just say, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, you are so amazing. How could you be so good? Maybe God's breaking things over your life that have been spoken over you that would try to keep you held down in the past and trying to stop you from moving forward to your present and your future, Right now, just respond. Let, let God's spirit work in your heart. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, right now, you can surrender him. Just, to, just begin to worship him. Just begin to, to, to take your affection of your heart and say, I'm going I'm to put it on you, Jesus. I'm going to trust that you are who the Bible says you are. You are who all these kids say you are. You are who the word of God says you are. And that you are the one who came to be the ultimate sacrifice for, for my brokenness and my sin. So we're going to stand. I'm going to pray. Just be free to worship him this morning. Just be free to respond. If you need to come forward and just stand or sit or kneel, if you need to do that at your place, whatever that is, if you need someone to pray with you, uh, maybe we'll have some of our elders near the back. If you need someone to pray for you, just kind of, just kind of move to the back and we'll, we'll, we'll pray for you today. Don't go out of here without receiving something from from the Lord that he has for you. So, Father, we just invite you right now. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our living hope. You are the one that came, that all the signs, all the signs were pointing to say, this is the one. And so, Jesus, we choose to declare that you are the one. You are the one I need. You are enough for me. You are everything that is making my life complete and whole and healed and fulfilled. I cannot find it in anyone else. I can't go anywhere else. To whom else can we go? You alone have the words of life. We look to you, O Lord. Help our hearts, Lord. I pray for an expansion of our revelation and experience with you for every single person in here. Lord, that there's anybody here who's being held back by thoughts from their past. Right now, in Jesus' name, we we ask that those be broken so they can enter in to the glory of God. Whatever encounter someone needs with you, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to bring heaven to earth as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.